Hello, and thank you for clicking on the Sean B. Show. It is Sunday. It is NFL Week 11 Sunday, and there's a lot to talk about today. So I hope you're ready to enjoy the content that I have created for you today because we're talking World Cup, we're talking basketball, we're talking football, and we're talking more football, okay? Big day for the Sean B. Show. Pretty excited about this one. Hope you enjoy it. This was recorded on November 20th at the Edge Construction Studio in Columbus, Indiana. Edge Construction. Those are my guys, okay? Those are my guys. You need some site development done. You need some dirt work done. Edge Construction is the way to go. Get a hold of my guy, Brian, all right? They can do anything. Edge Construction, 812-343-3035. Tell Brian the Sean B. Show sent you. Now, without further ado, enjoy the show. You're listening to the Sean B. Show on Second String Media. Hello and welcome into the Sean B show. It is I Sean B once again, all by myself here in the studio today to talk about sports things with you for the next, however much time we decide to take today. There's a lot going on in the world of sports right now. Okay. A ton going on. In fact, one of the most exciting times that happens every four years has kicked off and is going right now as Qatar and Ecuador are squaring off. In the opening match of the World Cup. And listen, I know a lot of times for a lot of people, the World Cup is the one time that people pay attention to soccer. I like soccer, which is not a very American opinion, but I do enjoy soccer a lot. I enjoy the Indy 11. I enjoy just catching soccer games. But there's something different, even for a soccer fan, about the World Cup. Okay, the World Cup is just different. Right now, Ecuador leading Qatar 2 to nothing. Qatar kind of not expected to do much, but they are the host country. A lot of drama going on over there with Qatar. Uh, there's a lot of people who don't think they'll get this World Cup finished. They think it's that bad. There's no uh, alcohol sales at any of the stadiums in Qatar for the World Cup unless you're in a suite or unless you're one of the higher-ups, the, the richers if you will, if you're just like a commoner, look, Budweiser paid a hundred million dollars for this world cup sponsorship. And what are they selling? Like Budweiser zero now in the, in the stadiums. I, I cannot imagine the vitriol that would take place when you tell a bunch of soccer hooligans that they can't drink beer at a, at a, at a football match. A lot of drama over there in Qatar. But uh, right now, Qatar down two goals to nil in the opening match of the World Cup. It's very exciting. Tomorrow, United States opens up against Wales at 2 o'clock Eastern tomorrow. That's going to be a blast. I can't wait. I'll have it on TV at the bar. I'll catch a lot of shit for it. What are we doing watching soccer? Because soccer's awesome, and it's the World Cup. USA-Wales tomorrow, 2 o'clock Eastern. I got bets, okay? I got soccer bets. The United States was is is getting 100 to 1 odds plus 10,000, 100 to 1 odds to win the World Cup. I made that bet. You're damn right I did. Because when at the end of the day, the United States is hoisting the American flag in World Cup victory, I will too be celebrating with my wallet. And I also made a bet 
a big parlay for all the group winners that I think will happen in the World Cup, and I'll go through this list briefly once I get uh, logged into my gambling account here. Big old parlay for the group winners of the World Cup, and like a lot of people aren't excited about about soccer in the World Cup. I I love it. I I think it's a, I think it's one of the greatest times. It only happens every couple of years. You got the Women's World Cup, then the Men's World Cup. The U.S. Women's National Team dominant. The U.S. Men's National Team. This is our year. This is our year. And the best thing about the World Cup is just the national pride that takes place. And of course, you get this all over the world with soccer or football or whatever the hell you want to call it. But it doesn't quite go down like the World Cup does. Every all year, when you're not playing in the World Cup. You're volleying for 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 a bid to the World Cup. Okay, only so many teams get in the World Cup. You got to qualify. So all year long, or all four years, you're basically working your way back to the World Cup. The United States plays Monday tomorrow at two o'clock Eastern. They also play Friday, November twenty fifth at two o'clock Eastern, and then their final Group B game match, whatever, is Tuesday the 29th of November at two o'clock Eastern. So big, big, big fun. I love the world cup. I'm, I'm excited. It's here. I'm excited for the United States. I'm ready to watch them do this. I'll tell you about this bet. I made it's a parlay, eight, eight, eight leg parlay, all group winners. I've got Portugal, the Netherlands, Argentina, Belgium, Germany, France, Brazil, and the United States all to win their respective groups. I will tell you the United States is not the favorite to win their group. They are not the favorite to win their group. Let's see here. Let's go into the group winner part portion of this. Uh, the group B odds. Uh, basically, England is the favorite to win Group B at minus 275. The USA right now is plus 500. I got them at plus 450. Wales at plus 650, and Iran at plus 1600. So USA favored to basically be second place in Group B. Uh, Wales, US playing tomorrow. United States the favorite. I'm excited. I love the World Cup. I absolutely love the World Cup. Good times. It is National Absurdity Day, which you would think would be one of my favorite days, okay? National Absurdity Day. Some people would consider it absurd that I get here and do this podcast. Maybe it is absurd. I don't know. I have a really, really fucking good time doing it. What's up, Maddie Simpson? How you doing? You look good as well, sir. I enjoy doing this. And it's Sunday, and it's football day. We're going to talk about it. But first, the absurdity that is, and again, this is going to sound like a knock on a human, that it is not a knock on this human. This human is a good human. This human had a great season. But Aaron Judge is in no way, shape, or form the most valuable player in the American League. It's not even close. Shohei Otani got absolutely <gasps> hosed in MVP voting. 
Now, I don't think Shoyotani is the guy who really gives too much of a shit about these particular accolades. I don't, I don't think he cares. But here's a guy who at 273 with 34 home runs, 90 ribbies, 34 home runs, 95 ribbies, sorry. Swiped 11 bases in the process. Those are all-star numbers. Here's a guy who also, same guy, finished fourth in Cy Young voting, was an ace on his team, and an all-star hitter on his team. Not any ace, but finished fourth in Cy Young voting. Now, when one human is doing all of that, I'm sorry it's not fair. I'm sorry nobody else has a chance, but nobody else has a chance, and it's not fair, and it shouldn't be fair because Shoei Otani is doing things that were unimaginable not long ago. This guy is a superstar. Unfortunately, he plays for a team that did not go to the playoffs because we deserve Shohei Otani and his teammate Mike Trout in October. We deserve that. As fans, we deserve that. I mean, 34 home runs, 95 RBIs. The guy hit 273. He also struck out 200 plus. What a nasty, nasty way to just put your foot down and make your mark on the game of baseball. To basically, and I've said this a few times, to basically go out and be two guys. He's an all-star hitter. He's an all-star pitcher. He's all of these things wrapped into one human doing this much work and having this much of an impact. Who else? could possibly be more valuable to his team than that. I looked, and, and Otani was second in MVP voting. I, it's not good enough. We didn't do good enough. And people say, well, they were always going to give it to Aaron Judge. He broke the record. He broke the home run record. He's the American League home run record holder. A lot of people say he's the real single season home run king. Take away the steroid era. I could go on all day about the fucking steroid era. Aaron Judge had a phenomenal year. What I like about Aaron Judge is that he hit that many home runs and still had a batting average over 300. He didn't win the Triple Crown. There's the knock. If you want to find a knock on Aaron Judge, there's no knock on Aaron Judge, and that's the point I'm trying to make. There's no knock on Aaron Judge. Shohei Otani is doing things that nobody else can do. And I'm not saying it's not possible for somebody later on in, 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 in the chronological whatever of sports. I'm not saying he's the only guy who will ever do these things. But right now, he's the only guy doing these things. <clears throat> what a ball player. God, 28-year-old. From Oshu, Japan, doing things that normal humans can't do. At the end of the day, and all these guys are, normal humans can't hit 
you know, 60 some home runs. But Shohei Otani is doing things normal Major League Baseball players can't do. Shohei Otani is doing things that some elite Major League Baseball players can't do. When you're a starting pitcher in the Major Leagues, you have a regimen. You pitch every five days. And those four off days you have are carefully planned to get your arm ready for your next start. There is an entire regimen. It takes the full four days. If you're lucky, five days off. The day off happens in between there. There's a whole ass regimen that takes place between starts to get the arm ready to go for your next start. In between those starts, apart from that regimen, Shohei Otani is also designated hitting for the Angels. He's in the lineup every day. The tickets being sold in Anaheim are to see Shohei Otani and Mike Trout. He's playing every day. Starting pitchers don't do that. There's a reason they don't do that. That's not a knock on starting pitchers. Starting pitchers have so much work to do to get the arm ready for their next start. He's doing that work and being in the lineup every day for the Angels. It's insane for me to think that there was a possibility of handing this award to somebody else despite the accolades. Aaron Judge was amazing this year. In this personal opinion, it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough to outshine what Showtime is doing in Anaheim. And it won't be. It won't be. In a year, next year, Aaron Judge doesn't break that home run record, show he's your MVP. A lot of people would say if Aaron Judge isn't a Yankee, show he's your MVP. Show he's got to be your MVP. It it's so lopsided for me that I, I can't even I feel weird trying to trying to defend it because it, it doesn't feel like it needs a defense. But I, I digress. Aaron Judge, 2022 American League MVP. Paul Goldschmidt won it in the National League. Nobody cares. Fucking Cardinal. Okay. Some people care, I guess. All right, maybe some people care. But Showtime, man. Showtime. I feel robbed of the MVP award. Thursday afternoon, you know, of course, the, the decisions came out Thursday night. Thursday afternoon, I'm looking on the betting odds, and I'm seeing Shohei Otani at plus 2,500 to win the American League MVP. Now, when a 25-to-1 bet looks me in the face, that should be obvious. That's like giving me 25-to-1, in my opinion. That's like giving me 25-to-1 on betting that the Indianapolis Colts will beat the Columbus East High School Olympians. In Columbus, Indiana. That's that's how crazy that was to me. It was almost just a free 25 to 1. I almost put a hundy on it. But I thought, no. No. Aaron Judge, 
broke that record. There's a reason that Aaron judges the lopsided odds on favorite. That's what surprised me the most. He was the lopsided. Shohei Otani was number two in odds favorites at 25 to one. <clears throat> Aaron judge. <laughs> just, <sighs> like I said, I digress. The Indiana Hoosiers football team made a massive comeback last night. A massive comeback. Not last night, yesterday. Sean Shivers, 115 yards and two tuds, including a huge one in overtime. Indiana down as much as 31 to 14, comes back, wins 39-31 at Sparty, at Go Green, Go White, in Michigan State Territory. Indiana snaps a seven-game losing streak and goes to a four and seven. Okay, they're not going to win a bowl game. They're not going to go to a bowl game, but they do have Purdue, which is basically a bowl game. Look, this this four and seven season doesn't matter if Indiana beats Purdue. If Indiana beats Purdue Saturday, which I feel like they will, okay, the buckets, the buckets ours. If Indiana beats Purdue on Saturday, this four and seven stretch. That began with a victory over the Fighting Illini. Book ended by a victory over the Michigan State Spartans. In between all that, a two and seven effort that cost them a season, an offensive coordinator, all kinds of stuff. That shit doesn't matter anymore. You beat Purdue, and that's how things go at Indiana. You beat Purdue. You can put that down as your season accomplishment. You beat Purdue. We have the bucket. Fucking look forward to next year. Dunkin' Donuts for coffee in the morning. I don't care what the temperature is outside. I like it iced. I like it iced. The Hoosiers football team, huge win yesterday. Um, not, if nothing else, for morale. Okay? It's a Tom Allen kind of football game. We're down, but we're not out. Okay? I like Coach Tom Allen. Indiana pays him a lot of money. They gave him a big extension. I don't want to see Tom Allen go anywhere because, honestly, I would follow that guy into the midst of Avalon. Tom Allen can lead a group of young men in a direction. Whether it's the right direction, obviously this year wasn't so great. few issues here and there. Couldn't block anybody early in the year. But Indiana football finishing at 4-7 and seven prior to this Purdue game, which is the postseason game. Okay, this, this, is, this Purdue game will have a massive atmosphere, the old Oaken Bucket game. We'll talk a lot about it on probably, probably going to go and say this now, a special Saturday show that will go down next week right here in this studio, pre-gaming for Indiana Purdue. Okay? Okay? It's a big game. It's a big game. Same campus, different team. Campus, I can edit that. Same campus, different team. Uh, Indiana basketball, Miami of Ohio today at 5.30 p.m. Look, the Xavier game was a test. The Xavier game was a test. I watched that game Friday night. Great basketball game. Xavier is really good. The Xavier Musketeers, now 3-1, and one, looked like a top 25 team, gave Indiana everything they could handle. Xavier Johnson, 23 points. He was a stud. Trace Jackson Davis was unstoppable. 30 points, six boards. 
Xavier did not have an answer for TJD. That answer for everything else. Xavier Johnson got the hot hand. He was going to score 23. Malik renewed 12 off the bench. But TJD, they had no answer for Trace. That's the difference in this two-point win. Trace Jackson Davis had 30 points, but the difference in this two-point win is the fact that Xavier had no answer for Trace. Zero answer for Trace. That's the difference in this game. Trace looked like a man amongst toddlers playing in this game. Nobody could stop him. He did whatever he wanted. Xavier had the lead at halftime, two-point lead at the half. This was a close game, hard fought all the way. I believe the biggest lead in the game was Xavier had a nine-point lead at one point over Indiana. Race Thompson did great, five points, eight boards. Uh, can we talk about, about Miller Cop? I, I really like Miller Cop. I follow him on the social media. Um, he's, uh, he's a funny guy, good personality. I'm assuming he's great in that locker room. <clears throat> I I just really was hoping and expecting um, more from a from a production standpoint. At seven points, you know he's a shooter, but uh, I I don't I look at guys like Trey Galloway, uh, Malik Renu has been really good, uh, possibly even Tamar Bates, who could contribute in those starting roles. That's what I look at. But, uh, and like I said, that's not a knock on Miller cop. I just look at other guys and I'm like, from a production standpoint, we might be missing out in our starting five. Now, granted renew as a freshman, Trey Galloway had 22 minutes, no points, but Trey Galloway plays hard nosed defense. That dude balls. That dude gives everything he's got every second of the ball game. Hood Shafino had a down night, three points, four assists, five boards. But Jalen Hutchifina is going to be really good. That kid can ball. This night was all about TJD. Trace Jackson Davis, 30 points, six boards. And again, like I said, if you watch this game at all, this Xavier team had no answer for Trace Jackson Davis. Not a single answer. It doesn't matter what they tried. Trace is just that much better. Wooden candidate, All-American. God love TJD. God wonder how his game is going to transfer to the NBA, which he will most certainly get drafted to. We don't have to worry about that right now. We're four games, three games into the season. Got North Carolina coming up on November 30th. And there's a little bit of a schedule between the between now and North Carolina, Miami, Ohio, and Bloomington. Little Rock in Bloomington. Jackson State in Bloomington. There's uh, tickets right now. If you go to, it's called Buckets and Buckets. Uh, the Jackson State Friday night game or Friday afternoon game. And then the next day, the old Oak and Bucket game, the ticket packages, it was like $64 for a ticket to both games. So that's pretty good deal. It was like, I think, uh, I think, I think it was, I don't even think it was that much. I believe the whole package was like $110 and that's two tickets to each game for my wife and I. Now we did, we decided not to go. But uh, that promotion is called Buckets and Buckets. Look that up. Ticket to the Jackson State game Friday afternoon at 12.30 p.m. Day after Thanksgiving. And then Saturday, Old Oak and Bucket game. The postseason game built into the schedule every year. Indiana football, Purdue football. Yeah. Yeah. 
Look, I'm going to start talking NFL here real soon. But how, as a Pacers fan, how, as a Pacers fan, can you not absolutely be jacked right now? How can you not? This team is fun to watch. Friday night was a good night. I did a bunch of laundry in the house, but I got to watch back-to-back Indiana basketball and then Indiana Pacers basketball. Both wins. Indiana got that dub over Xavier, their first big test of the year, and the Pacers won their third straight over the Houston Rockets. Then last night they won their fourth straight over the Orlando Magic. Pacers are 9-6, and six, currently the five seed in the Eastern Conference. They've won four in a row. They've won eight of their last ten. They've got Orlando again tomorrow night in Indiana. Thought about going. Thought about going. I think my wife has to work late. I don't know. Maybe we won't go. But Magic in Indianapolis again tomorrow night. Pacers looking to win five in a row. Got a homestand right now. Got Orlando tomorrow. Wednesday, Minnesota. Friday, the Brooklyn Nets. Then they head west. Those West Coast road trips are tough. Okay, I believe they got seven games out west. Clippers, Lakers, Kings, Jazz, Trailblazers, Warriors, Timberwolves. That's 12. That's seven game. Seven game road trip. They'll be gone from November 27th to December 7th. Leaving home for Thanksgiving. Friday night against Brooklyn. That might be a good game to go to day after Thanksgiving, 8 o'clock. Friday night. I like that. I need to get up to a Pacers game. My wife said that to me the other day. We need to get up to a Pacers game. Agreed. I agree we do. That's a great place, fun place to watch basketball. And look, the Pacers are a fun team right now. They are a fun team. The Celtics are, of course, who they are. They've won nine of their last ten. They've won nine in a row. They're 13-3. and three. Bucks are 11-4. and four. They've got Giannis. They're always going to be good. Uh, the Hawks in third. Cavs and Pacers tied for fourth at nine and six. Washington right behind at nine and seven to Toronto right behind at nine and eight. Is it sustainable? And that's what I look at this Pacers team. And I know there's still the trade rumors floating around about miles Turner. I know there's a lot of things about this roster that people are saying, well, he'll be gone. He'll be gone. We got to max him or lose him. Miles Turner being the focal point of all that. It, it comes down to what they feel like in that office. Do they feel like they can compete for a title in that office? Because here's what you face. If you keep miles all year, you risk losing him. You risk losing him. Now, if he keeps putting up double, double numbers, he keeps being a fucking machine. Like he has been, you can max him. That doesn't mean he'll stay in Indiana. That doesn't mean he wants to be in Indiana. He hasn't indicated otherwise. He's been a great team guy. Again, all all going. Let's 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 you know. Assuming we're on the trajectory we're going to be on this season, and Miles is around instead of playing half the games, he's been great. Miles has been amazing. Let's get us to look at the stats from last night. Let's look at some statistics. From last night's win, 114-113 over the, over the Orlando Magic. 
Miles last night, 20 points, 11 boards. Another double-double. Halliburton, 22, 14 assists. That guy's a leader. Look, Tyrese Halliburton is, is the Indiana Pacers franchise guy. Like, number zero's here to stay. Buddy healed 15 points of his own. Jalen Smith, 14 of his own. That dude had a killer night against Houston. Benedict Matherin, who basically, in my opinion, I watched the Houston game Friday night. Benedict Matherin was the spark that got the Pacers over that hump. They got down 19-4 to in the first quarter. Benedict Matherin is a stud. Aaron Neesmith, great game last night, 19 points of his own. I, I enjoy watching this team. And it's they're fun to watch. They're a group of a good young guys with Miles Turner, who's not 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 no spring chicken, but uh, Miles is playing great basketball. And if you get Miles Turner playing great basketball, it does two things. One, it entices the Pacers to say, "Is this is this a guy that we should that we should hang on to, or should we go out, let him go?" get some things in return as opposed to risk losing him at the end of the year. There's no guarantee Miles will re-sign. I don't know. Just a lot to think about there, and that's why those guys work in a front office, and I sit here and say shit in the microphones. That's what I do. <sighs> Let's check on this World Cup game here, this World Cup match. It's halftime over there in Qatar. Uh Qatar, I think it's Qatar is how that's pronounced. Some people say Qatar, some people say Qatar. I believe it's Qatar. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Ecuador, up two goals to nil at the half over there in Qatar. What about the National Football League? I got through half of this show, half an hour of this show, without any NFL talk. And now i got to run the gauntlet of games. That's how excited I am, though, about the Hoosiers, about the Pacers, about the World Cup. I'm going to talk mad World Cup. A lot of people don't understand. I'm going to talk mad World Cup. I love the World Cup. I like soccer a whole lot. I fucking love the World Cup. Well, we might get a whole big board going. World Cup, baby. World Cup. Tennessee Titans beat the Green Bay Packers on Thursday night, then took a big loss when they got home. Their offensive coordinator, Todd Downing, had a little bit too much of drinky drink. A little too much. Plane lands at 207. This guy gets a DUI at 436 a.m. It's a bad deal. You hate to see anybody get a DUI. Of course, again, it's one of those play stupid games, win stupid prizes thing that uh, some people talk about. Maybe shouldn't do that. Maybe should be a little careful. Here's the thing. There's no excuse for that. There's Uber. There's all kinds of things going down, like ways to get you home. You're the, you're the fucking offensive coordinator for the Tennessee Titans. All right? So you're not poor. You're just not. Like Uber, it's Nashville. Like, let's go. Come on. We got to make better choices. God know we're in the national spotlight. Got to make better choices. Anyway, Tennessee gets that win 
And I didn't want to see that, okay? Because after my experience in Las Vegas with the Colts Raiders, I got jacked, okay? Colts aren't tanking. We're here to stay. And I need these division teams to lose. And I, I thought that in the 20-degree weather up there in Lambeau Field in Green Bay, Wisconsin, I did not think Tennessee could thrive. Hey, look, they were good. They played a good football game, had a great game plan, executed perfectly. They did a great job. Ryan Tannehill, 333 yards, two touchdowns, did throw a pick. They kept Derrick Henry under 100 yards, but they could not keep him from throwing a tud. And uh, Austin Hooper gets him a couple touchdowns. Dontrell Hilliard got another one. What's that? Where's my guy Nick Westbrook? From the University of Indiana, two catches, 28 yards. He had a big game a couple weeks ago. Just shows his Tennessee Titans team. Mike Vrabel can get these guys ready to do anything. And I believe that. I believe Mike Vrabel is emerging as one of the better head coaches in the, in the NFL. His teams are always ready, no matter what their situation is. His teams are always ready. They're currently 7-3. and three. They're in good shape. That's going to be a hard team to catch going to be a very, very hard team to catch. But the Colts aren't tanking. We're not fucking tanking. Matt Ryan's going to get the football today here in a little while. Let's run the list. All right, shall we? One o'clock games. The Chicago Bears are a two-and-a-half-point underdog in Atlanta. Justin Fields is on the field. And honestly, as long as you got Justin Fields, I don't see how you're ever an underdog. This dude is a baller. Justin Fields heading to Atlanta, going to run around like a crazy man indoors. Okay, indoors, no elements. No elements, just fast turf, baby. Justin Fields, I got that Bears plus two and a half easily. I think the Bears win that game. <clears throat> I will skip the, this game and come back to it because it's the Colts, and I like to do them last. The New York Jets travel to New England. The Jets are three and a half point underdogs. I don't even have any notes for this game. But I want to know, and I know it's New England, and I know it's cold. But look, it ain't so fucking warm in New York either. The five and four Pats, the six and three Jets, they've got the Jets as three and a half point underdogs. I thought that was crazy. Took the Jets. Took the Jets with the points. I think them boys are going to get up there and get it done. It was uh, New England got them the first time in New York. I think the Jets get this done. This this AFC East is about to get interesting. Okay? Really, really interesting. The Dolphins are off this week. The Dolphins sitting at 7 and 3. They can't fuck themselves out of first place. The Jets can go 7 and 3. The Bills can go 7 and 3. Who knows? This AFC East is a crazy little division. Everybody's over 500. The Patriots don't look like they can be much of a challenge, but you know they have Bill Belichick. And you know the Patriots are just the Patriots. They can fucking do it at any time. They can fucking do it. The Washington Commanders football team is a num. I almost said a negative. They're minus three at Houston. Taylor Heineke, they're going to go forward with him as a starter. Even when old Carson gets back from his little, little finger injury. Little fingy. Little fingy hurt. The Washington Commanders, three-point favorites at Houston. I got no problem taking Washington minus three points to get that win down in Houston. Houston, they're a likable team. They got good young players. They got a 
who doesn't love Lovey Smith? They cannot win football games. They can't can't win football games. So Washington minus three, that's an easy take for me. The Los Angeles Rams are two and a half point underdogs at New Orleans today. That's a one o'clock game. What sucks? Cooper Cup is out probably six to eight weeks. I still this is a this is a okay, this is a recency bias. It's gotta be because I saw that the Rams are plus two and a half. Two and a half point underdogs at New Orleans. And it blew my mind. It blew my mind. Look, the Rams suck too. They're three and six. Saints are three and seven. But I still I'm having trouble piecing that together that the Rams, even in New Orleans, would be an underdog to the Saints. But that's just how this season has gone. I took the Rams with the points, so I think the Rams can win this game. And if they can't win this game, then it is true. They suck. Cleveland plus eight at Buffalo at Detroit. The Bills dig out and make it to Detroit. This game going to be played at Ford Field in Detroit. I heard grumblings of giving tickets away. I thought that was pretty close, maybe make a drive. Then I was reminded that I work Sunday nights and cannot do anything. So Cleveland plus eight at Buffalo. got no problem thinking that the Bills can beat the Browns by eight points. That indoor stadium only benefits Josh Allen and his ailing elbow. It only benefits these fast guys that are going to throw the ball all over this indoor field. Okay? It only benefits, because here's the thing, too. Cleveland, they got big running backs, right? Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. <laughs> Kareem Hunt. They got big running backs. So the snow games, okay? Now, you can't play in six fucking feet of snow, but the snow games, those games that slow you down, you got to feel like that's a, that's a benefit to the guys with big backs, with, with, the, with the good ex, uh, elite running backs. Cleveland's got two of them. So I believe this game moving to Detroit and play, being played indoors is a huge disadvantage to the Cleveland Browns. Not that I thought they had a chance anyway. Buffalo, eight points. That's easy. Carolina plus 12 at Baltimore. Look, I think the Ravens win this game, and I do. But uh, 12 and a half is a big number that I couldn't get on board with. So I got Carolina plus 12 and a half. I do think Baltimore wins. Mark Andrews expected to return today. That'll be good. See Lamar's target. See Lamar's guy back on the field. Mark Andrews, fun guy to watch play tight end. The Detroit Lions are plus three at the New York Giants. Had to take the Giants here. But it's always with a question mark. It's always with a fucking question mark that I take the Giants. Yes, they're seven and two. And I'll say this, and this doesn't reflect negatively on any of the humans or anything going on. I'm not taking anything away from Saquon Barkley. He's been a stud. But the Giants are the worst 7-2 team I've ever seen in my life. They are. They are. I have a very strong opinion that the Giants may not make the playoffs. I hold that opinion. The Giants may not make the playoffs. I still think at full strength, the Cowboys are the best team in this division. But against the Detroit Lions, who have a terrible run defense, I got I had to go with the Giants, minus three. 
And I, I, I was kicked myself. I'm like, you really went with the Giants. They're at home. They got Saquon. They got the, the Lions. Giants, Giants minus three, easy pick, easy take. What about them afternoon games? What about them late games? The Vegas Raiders at Denver today. Clint Kubiak. Clint Kubiak is going to call plays. The son of Gary Kubiak. Clint Kubiak appointed by Nathaniel Hackett to call plays. This locker room screams, finally. <clears throat> Nathaniel Hackett, the only surprise not midseason fired, left in the NFL, I believe. Uh, Clint Kubiak going to call plays. We'll see how the Broncos do against the Raiders today. They're in Denver. The Raiders are a two-and-a-half-point dog. I I don't know. I want to say that the Raiders can win this football game, but I <laughs> – Part of me wants to wants to say to myself that I watched the Colts beat a really good Raiders team last week. And I think that's where my opinion is muffled because I, uh, as much as I wanted to think the Raiders were a huge test, they were for the Colts. Raiders in Denver, hard game to pick. That's a toss-up. Got to go with the home team, Broncos. Broncos country, less ride, even though they're terrible. I mean, they're terrible, right? They're three and six. Raiders are two and seven. Tallest midget will be decided today in Denver with Clint Kubiak calling the plays. Dallas is a one and a half point favorite at Minnesota. This blew my mind more than anything. This was the biggest surprise from a betting standpoint. Dallas, a one and a half point favorite on the road at the eight and one Minnesota Vikings. It shows me that people are still not ready to buy into the Vikings. How are you eight and one? You've won seven in a row. You're four and oh at home on the season. A team two games behind you in the standings. A team with a six and three record comes traveling in. And you could say, well, they didn't have Dak for part of the year. Cooper Rush only lost one game. How does a team like Dallas come into Minnesota, a team that's had such a great year? And Dallas is a one-and-a-half-point favorite on the road at an 8-1 and one team. This one blew my absolute mind. And it just makes me, it begs the question, like, they, do they still not believe in Minnesota? I sold myself on Minnesota this past weekend. They beat Buffalo, and that's a task. That's a job. I don't care who's banged up or what's going on. They beat Buffalo. Buffalo's on a little bit of a struggle bus which I think they'll rebound from today, but but Minnesota goes to Buffalo and wins. Okay? Like, help me help you. Tell me how Dallas is a, is a one-and-a-half-point favorite in this game today. That is an easy Minnesota Vikings money line pick. Your odds are going to be on the money line. That is a, that is a simple, simple Minnesota Vikings money line pick. Let's see what the money line is paying. Can't be much. It can't be much. So let's scroll down to that one here. Vikings Cowboys. Yeah, the money line is only paying plus 110. So you're getting barely, barely over one to one on your money line bet on the Vikings. That line has moved, though. Dallas is now a two-point favorite. That line has moved in the last half an hour. Dallas a two-point favorite in Minnesota. Unbelievable. 
I can't believe that Minnesota is a home underdog. They're eight and one. Cincinnati three and a half point favorites at Pittsburgh today. Um, easy take. I, I like I said, Cincinnati's been a little inconsistent, but I, I can I can see Pittsburgh being a place you could go right the ship. The Steelers at home though. Steelers at home. That's the one thing you got to look at. Got Steelers at home. Okay. Kenny Pickett was 18 of 30 for a buck 99 last week. Managed the game perfectly. So he could score a rushing touchdown and George Pickens could score a rushing touchdown. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Bengals Steelers today. Hines Field. Cincinnati three and a half point favorite. I can take that. I can still take that. Kansas City and Los Angeles. Sunday night football. I'm pretty excited about this Sunday night game. I get to watch the Sunday night game from work every week. I usually do a same game parlay on the Sunday night football game. It's a lot of fun. Um, having said that, the most fun team to bet on is the Kansas City Chiefs. The most fun team to bet player props on is the Kansas City Chiefs. Travis Kelsey is a touchdown and yardage machine. Patrick Mahomes is over on passing yards. Could be 312, and I'd bet it. Kansas City at the Chargers, SoFi Stadium. What an environment. Going to be fast. Going to be fun. Going to be L.A. The city lights. It's where the famous people go. It's going to be awesome. Sunday Night Football. Chiefs minus 5.5 at L.A. I believe the Chiefs roll in L.A. I think we roll Okay, there's no reason to think the Chiefs will have any problem getting by L.A. tonight. I'd probably bet this game if it were minus 11. Kansas City. Patty Mahomes doing the job. All right, the Chargers are 5-4. and four. Nah, I, I, want, I want to find some positives. I still think to this day, no matter what's going on in the NFL this year, to me, hands down right now, the Chiefs are the best team. The Chiefs are the best team. They got a couple losses in there. Okay. That Bills game, one of the best games that have ever been played at 425 Eastern. And then they did take a little L in Indianapolis. Maybe a Matt Ryan-led Colts team found a way to get it done. Okay. San Francisco minus eight at Arizona Monday night. That game's going to be a sleeper. San Francisco can win that game by three touchdowns. I've given up on the Cardinals. I've given up on the Cardinals. I really, really have. I gave up on them last year when everybody thought they were Super Bowl contenders. I've given up on the Cardinals. I haven't given up on Colt McCoy. But now I don't know. I haven't heard one way or the other. That's a video. I don't want to watch that. Yeah. Yeah. So Kyler Murray is questionable. Okay. That's his status. Questionable. By the way, this game in Mexico City, this should be fun. 8-15 tomorrow night. 49ers Cardinals. Mexico City, Mexico. I love the NFL's international series. 
I like that we spread American football around the world. That's a very American thing to do, right? To take our things and spread the joy of our shit just around the planet. I know you guys like soccer, but check this out. Check out what we do. It's a little more violent, but not as violent as you psychopaths that play rugby. I make the rugby argument with a lot of guys because they'll say, well, rugby guys hit people, but they're not wearing any pads. I'm like, rugby guys weigh 112 pounds. Like, period. Like, if you put an NFL running back in an Aussie rules football match, people are going to be hurt. People are going to be seriously injured. If you do that, and that is why I say <laughs> just let it go with the rugby versus American football talk. That's a tangent I didn't mean to get on. I love the NFL's international series. The Munich game was great. People in the stands, take me home, country road to a place I belong. And then. 40,000, 50,000 Germans are all like West Virginia. And that's the most love that state's gotten since the end of the Revolutionary War. Don't fact check that. 49ers Cardinals, I got no issue taking 49ers minus eight, even in Mexico City. Christian McCaffrey about to go put on a show. Okay. Christian McCaffrey about to go tell, about to go show Mexico what's up. Oh, CMC. I hope, I, I, I hope that dude has all the success in the world. He's been stuck in Carolina his whole career. Now he's finally in a place where it's like, fuck, I want to stay healthy. And so far he has. So far he has. I have to talk about this Colts Eagles game. Must discuss it. I got to be honest, I'm really excited, okay? Colts, Eagles, the Colts four, five, and one, the Eagles eight and one. Philadelphia is a six and a half point favorite. I took the Colts with the points, six and a half. Ah. I don't think this. Okay, look. I can, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to sit here and be a realist. Okay. Obviously, I love the Colts. Obviously, I hate that Shaq Leonard's down for the year. I hate that. I, I I hate that we're missing some key pieces. It, it it stupid stinks. Okay, but look, I have, I've 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 reinvented my excitement about this season, and I did it in section three twenty four, row one, seat five, in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. I'm watching football, right? Get a stop. They punt to us. Colts offense is coming on the field. Who in the fuck is number two? Why is Matt Ryan playing football? Okay, that's what I said to myself. Why is Matt Ryan playing football? What the fuck are we doing? Okay? That day right there, last Sunday, section 324, row one, seat five. It occurred to me that the Colts were no longer tanking. We're here to fucking win. And this is what we're going to do. Here's the attitude. Matt Ryan, put your shit back on. Sam Ellinger, 
Go watch watch football players play. I shouldn't say shit like that. But Sam Ellinger was never going to be a guy. Anybody who thought that was dreaming fucking crazy. Inactives for the Colts. Trevor Denbo out. Nick Foles out. Quiddy Pay still out. That sucks. Matt Pryor. Yeah, he can stay out. Uh, Mike Strawn still out. Chris Williams, DT, he's out. Jelani Woods tied in. Want him back. Jelani Woods, Quiddy Pay. Those two hurt. Don't want that. Don't want that. Dallas Goddard is out for the Eagles. Okay. Also got Josh Job, Sue Opeta, Trey Sermon, Josh Sills. Those guys are out. Those are the inactives. Dallas Goddard, of course, is on is on the old injured reserve. Um, he let's see here. He'll be out for a while. They expect him back in the regular season during the regular season. They don't expect it to be something that lasts until the end of the year for uh, for Goddard. But uh, yeah, yeah. Look, I don't see anything on this Eagles roster. Okay, that they added in Dominican Sue. Okay, and he's active today. They just added him this week. He's active today. Zaire Franklin, Isaiah Rogers, Braden Smith, questionable. I've seen where Braden Smith's good to go. You got to think Zaire and Isaiah are going to go too. They've both been a little sick. I think they're going to go, though. I think they're going to go. I'm just, I'm pumped. I can't wait to watch this football game. I can't wait to see. You got a rejuvenated Colts locker room. Okay? Are they fully behind? Are they fully behind Jeff Saturday? Are they fully behind Matt Ryan? Have they bought in? to the fact that they can still do something this season. I mean, from a standing standpoint, Tennessee Tennessee beating Green Bay hurt the other night. Nobody wanted to see that. But from a standing standpoint, you got a 4-5 and 1 Colts. Let's let's omit the division battle real quick. Let's omit that because the thing is, as crazy as shit's been, you don't have to. You don't have to win. You don't have to win the South. Colts go on a run, and this is just my positive face, okay? But the Colts go on a run. Look who's out there with wild card spots. There's three of them: Jets, the Bills, six and three. Probably not going to catch the Bills. Jets are catchable. Patriots, five and four. Chargers five and four. Bengals five and four. There you are. I mean, five and four, six and three, that's that's the number. You're talking about two games back. And like I said, in that you got the Bengals. And you've got the Chargers, the Jets, the Patriots, they beat us, but they beat Sam Ellinger. 
I, there's no reason I, I can find to be negative. That's the point I'm trying to make is do you want to watch football from a negative lens where you say, oh, they're fucking done anyway. They're fucking done anyway. If you do, and that's what you want to do, then don't listen to the show. Like, don't listen to me talk because I'm always finding ways to get to that next step, to get the Colts into the playoffs, to, to a, a, a way or a path that we could turn shit around now and get fucking moving. And, and, and the, the moment when I have to stop looking for that, the moment when I'm forced to stop doing that is the moment that I start to wait for basketball season to be in full swing. You know, the moment I start looking at other avenues to have fun. It's, it, it's, it gets kind of depressing for me at the end of the day. Once, once I, once I can see that the Colts are eliminated. So for that reason, that reason alone, I refuse to do it. Got a good shot today. Okay. Got a good shot. I'm not going to sit in here and talk X's and O's. I'm going to sit in here and stop Jalen hurts. I'm going to sit in here and think of ways to stop Jalen hurts, to contain that guy. Eagles have a great running back in miles Sanders. They got good receivers. Colts have a really, really good defense. The Seagulls D let Taylor Heineke score on them. So, why can't Matt Ryan go in there and have a day? Why can't Jonathan Taylor go in there and run all over motherfuckers? Motherfuckers. I said it. Look, I'm, I'm excited, okay? It's about time to wrap this show up, but I am jacked about the Colts game today. Ready to see it. Colts-Eagles, let's go. There's no reason to not be fired up. At the end of this day, we could be 5-5-1, five, five and one. okay? You're sitting at 5-5-1. Five, five and one. Six games to go. Lots of room there to really do something, okay? And then... Look, let's get that win today. Our five, five, and one. Steelers on Monday night. Cowboys December fourth. Bye week. Then we got to go to Minnesota. Chargers, Giants, Texans. I see WWW finishing that season. Three dubs right there. So, it starts today. It starts right now. Let's go. Guys, the Sean B. Show can be found on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Podcasts. If you're listening on the live broadcast, thank you so much. If you are listening on the podcast, we can be found at YouTube.com slash Sean B. Show or Facebook.com slash Sean B. Show or you can listen to the live stream on Twitch at www.twitch.tv slash secondstringmedia. I am Sean B. I'm in the Edge Construction Studio, and I am getting out of here. You guys have a wonderful day. Go Colts. I will see you all on Tuesday.